because we always return for the big news. This is MuggleCast episode 273 for August 5th, 2014. This week's episode of MuggleCast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 274. Eric, Micah, and I are all here. Welcome back, guys. Hey. It's great to be back well you know as or shall i say it's shall i say it's fantastic to be ah, back. ah well actually um andrew uh yes. you know it, it's it is great to be here with both you and uh eric and um you know i actually i wanted to apologize because i know we were supposed to be doing this earlier this evening but uh you know, I, I only, um, I, I, you know, I work in New York City, and I only had planned on spending a few hours there. Um, but uh, <laughs> I get uh, it. I get uh, it. That was smooth-ish. That was smooth. Judges, yeah. bit long yeah. of a setup, but I, I got it. <laughs> so uh, the, you only meant to be there. Yes, yeah, so I was only meant to be there for a few for hours. A few hours, but mm-hmm. like like nine to five specifically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that so that's like that. one reason that we're here today. Uh, the past couple of days have been a whirlwind for Harry Potter fans, because J.K. Rowling decided a couple of days ago, well, I'll throw a little riddle out there about Fantastic Beasts and see see if the fans can figure it out. It all kind of started when um, J.K. Rowling tweeted a little update saying that no, not not that pen and paper are her priority, though they were. Oh yeah. Uh that she's she's tweaking a screenplay, which kind of suggested by the way that to me it read like she's finishing it up if she's just yeah. tweaking it. I would agree with that. And she also said she's finishing up a novel. Now that could be a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true working on a novel. For yeah. now we'll we'll put that aside. Um and so then one of her followers said, "Oh, you should tweet a little uh, oh, oh no! She's uh, the follower said. Uh, whenever J.K. Rowling tweets, I need to uh, take some time out of my day to dissect it and try to figure out if there's any <laughs> clues in it. Yeah, yeah. It was um, actually I have it right here. It's Regan uh, at Peru's Project on Twitter said every time J.K. Rowling tweets, I stop whatever I'm doing and analyze it for an hour. And then that triggered J.K. Rowling to say what? Uh, see, now I'm tempted to, so she at replied her, but she put like a period. I mean, look at how tech savvy JK Rowling has gotten now, by the way. She's getting with it, but she <laughs> still period. doesn't know emojis. So, oh yeah. Well, emojis are another, another beast altogether <laughs> and, and not as fantastic, but, uh, JK Rowling said, okay, so period at Peru's project. See, now I'm tempted to post a riddle or an anagram must resist temptation dot, dot, dot must work dot, dot, dot. And then the next morning, she released it. <laughs> do you have it right there with you? I do. Uh, okay, here we go. I, I'm not paraphrasing. This is this is word for word. Okay, J.K. Rowling's tweet. Cry, foe, run amok, fa, awry. My wand won't tolerate this nonsense. <laughs> so, so at first, she didn't say that it was an anagram. 
Right. I, there was a debate over whether or not this was some sort of like quote from the movie or or what, but we assume that it could be an anagram because she because uh, of that person who tweeted at her the night before. Now, I don't I don't know if I had some sort of like I'm sort of like connected on a deep level with J.K. Rowling because that <laughs> night I'd happened to wake up at seriously like 3:30 a.m. It was really was weird for me. Whoa. And, yeah, and I see this tweet because uh, I check my phone real quick to make sure nobody's died or anything, and I see this text. Or, or, so I've I've text you notifi- just wake up at odd hours of the night. I, well, and be like, it doesn't. Has anybody died? Well, you know, I yeah. figure when phone's right there, it may as well check. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> so I have <laughs> text like... notifications on. I can always yeah. see when J.K. Rowling sends me sends a tweet, and it's so a I see this. Feature, Micah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Micah, you could use this, and then so. <laughs> well, then, I think his point is I don't follow her. But then I'm, I'm laying in bed for the next 45 minutes trying to figure out what this means. And I've seriously, I lost like an hour of sleep that night because I not only did it wake up randomly. Anyway, this is besides the point. So, yeah, yeah. J.K. Rowling starts dropping these clues and whatnot. And before you know it, we finally get to the answer. This this ended up being a whole big thing. J.K. Rowling, in according to her, only intended this to hold fans over while she was finishing her screenplay and finishing this book. But then I guess it, you know, it started making headlines all around the internet, and I guess she maybe just got wrapped up in the excitement too, because especially today, Tuesday, she was tweeting nonstop. Uh huh. Uh huh. She was she was tweeting. She went so far as to tweet fans wrong answers and like and even make fun of like really clever, really hilariously some of the responses that people were guessing to her. Mm -hmm. It was pretty entertaining. It was extremely entertaining. I mean, you were right to call it a whirlwind. It really was a whirlwind that, as you said, even she got caught up in it. It was, it's just, it was a fun, today especially, the day that we're recording this, uh, went, uh, Tuesday, <laughs> 7th, it was just a fun, really, 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 really fun day to be on Twitter, to be alive, to be on <laughs> to following, be All right. to fo- following J.K. <laughs> Rowling. So... Well, well, so the 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 answer ended up being Newt Scamander only meant to stay in New York for a few hours. Period. That's it. Now, in another tweet, J.K. Rowling said that this was the first line of a synopsis, not the script, just a general yeah, overview of the, the story. Not the script, just a synopsis. So well, it's a great. It's it's very much uh, in the style of J.K. Rowling. You know, just he only meant to spend right, but a few right. hours there, and then right. this happened, and then right, exactly. So. We know it's going to um, lead into a very interesting story for Newt's commander, and it's clear that he's going to be in New York well past when he intended to. And it'd be interesting to see, is that going to be the entire first movie? Will he be only here in the States and in New York, or will he go elsewhere? But I I do agree with that. I know I mocked you a little bit, Eric, but it's always interesting to me how she can really just captivate not just a fan community, but so many different people, how they just lock in mm-hmm. whenever she says anything. It, it, it doesn't switch. matter what she does. Yeah. She tweets. She, you know, uh, you know she, she puts something out there in the public, and people just immediately latch on to it and having a whole read, discussion. It, it having, was like yeah. it, it, having her, her website back from well, years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's true. You know what I did I did want to say clues about book titles and release dates. Yeah, I did want to say that this felt a lot like those old days mm-hmm. with the door, which is why I was like 
I was actually really hesitant to try and solve the Enneagram. In fact, I didn't. I just enjoyed reading the wrong right. answers. And then like, <laughs> yeah. because, because like I, I would tried. always be, I was always the last person in through the door. Like the do not disturb sign was, was dead. I could never figure out what to do. I always waited for the self-help guide. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. So, but still, I was still excited that it was there. And, and Twitter is the new old JK Rowling's website. By the way, well, that because she made bind. it that way today. Unless, have you guys tried doing like um, web? Uh, what's what's the old site like web Wayback Machine or something? Yeah, I don't you think you tried it would going work on JKR's old website. I don't think there? it would work because it's Flash. I assume. No, am I the only one who? Well, anyway, thought of it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the old website where she used to have all these really awesome clues and games and fun with the fans. It was a long time coming to, until today when it just feels like for the first time she really, really just had a blast on social media. Yeah. And you hope it was her and not her assistant. Or, but, but I think it was genuinely her. Uh, I, think I will say this, though. Her too. I will say this, I look forward to her doing those types of things in the future. I, I think she's sort of realized the ability that she has to connect directly with fans where they're, you know, it's not so intense you know it's it's really easy she can pick and choose when she wants to respond she can do things like this and just completely newt's commander was trending in the united states probably internationally at least uh i saw that uh, at one point and yeah i was at work today and and i was trying to solve this damn thing and and (laughs) she she kept giving more clues and 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 you knew the more she gave away of it eventually somebody was going to solve it yeah, uh, but mm-hmm. but I think everybody was pretty much set on the fact that Newt Scamander was part of it, and then New York was part of it. The, what you did with the rest of the letters was pretty much up to you. But uh, I, I give all the credit in the world uh, to that girl who solved it, and I'm I'm glad that people finally started retweeting her and favoriting her instead of just J.K. Rowling's response to her because I think that she deserves the the notoriety for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, with that said, I think a bunch of people figured it out at the same time, but it, it, it doesn't really matter. Because um, I know MuggleNet tweeted it about the same time, as did somebody who followed me, and I, I, then I did a search um, on Twitter for the exact phrase, and they all sort of showed up at 147, so whatever. Uh. But but going back to the point about then forget how, everything I just said. no no it's still a good point but yeah the, MuggleCast tweeted from MuggleCast that Georgia yeah Eleanor that was me had, yeah, yeah Georgina Eleanor I looked mm-hmm. up who showed up first in the list but who cares it doesn't matter um, yeah. <laughs> what I, well actually what's interesting I'll just say this really quickly is that you know the sort of the benefit of that is is that J.K. Rowling is now following that person is she I I think so. Oh, yeah, I, I do like, see that. Uh-huh. See, well, okay, I'm happy for that girl, Emily, but I, <laughs> now you're you know, pissed. No, I'm not pissed. I think that's, <laughs> that's fine. Good for her. You're going to curse her out when we're done with the show. <laughs> no. how, how many people did JK? How many look this up? How many people did she, she follows? She follow? 49 people. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. I would be all over her feed all the time. <laughs> that would be awesome. So I, I think 
that this did teach J.K. Rowling something, that it is very easy to get fans excited through Twitter, but it's also a blessing and a curse. I mean, some media outlets were way off their rockers today calling it, oh, it's going to be a new Harry Potter book that she's announcing because <sighs> you could you could like sculpt the anagram and get like new Harry coming or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was embarrassing. Entertainment Weekly and a couple other sites really screwed yeah. that up, I thought. Um, but this well, was – this I have to say – I know we like to hate on Pottermore a little bit, but I seriously feel like in the three years that Pottermore has been around, there's never been this level of excitement on that site. What J.K. Rowling did in two days on Twitter, Pottermore has not been able to accomplish in three years. And I think there's this disconnect between what J.K. Rowling, what people love about J.K. Rowling, the mystery, the excitement, and her former website, and Pottermore. It's just the excitement is not there on Pottermore. And, I mean, you know, she could have released this through Pottermore, but I think she loves Twitter now. She gets it. She sits there in her rocking chair on her balcony, (laughs) sipping some tea, petting the dog, and she just loads up her phone and, you know, starts playing with the fans. And it's fun because... You know, you can actually comment on Twitter and you can see real names. And yeah, with Pottermore, yeah, yeah. it's just the community yeah. is not there. Well, I did want to say she is a ma- – I mean, I knew we all knew this, but she's a master of the 140 characters. I mean, each one of these tweets, it, it feels like she's not even trying or, like, has to, like, worry about what she says. Every one of these tweets is, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And it fits in the given space. She well, manages think- to have such a uh, – what I want to say is she manages to have such a – overt like hilarious uh great sense of humor even though twitter is limiting um mm-hmm. i'm betting the person who taught her twitter told her that she has to put in 140 characters <laughs> in order for the tweet to actually go through that would be mean that sounds like something you would tell her <laughs> <laughs> we're going to continue talking about jk rowling's anagram in just a moment but first it's time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by audible Com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. Now, for listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to try out their great service just in time for fall when instead of holding a book, you're going to want to keep your hands inside your pockets to stay warm. It's cold everywhere. And I have three awesome recommendations for everybody this week. This is the benefit of doing a podcast every couple of months because all these great books come at, come out while we're away. First of all, Gone Girl, now in theater starring Ben Affleck. This is the number one bestseller on audible.com. A fantastic movie. If Whether or not you're seeing the movie, you should definitely read the book. That is what I hear from everybody. Second, a book that was just published. This is going to be huge with our audience, I think. The Blood of Olympus, The Heroes of Olympus, book five. It's the fifth and final book by Rick Riordan in the Percy Jackson series. You definitely want to check this one out. I know a lot of readers on Hypable were very sad earlier this week because it's the last one in a series. And finally, another recommendation, The Maze Runner. Of course, this was just in theaters recently. It still is in theaters. Getting great reviews. Readers of the book are very happy with it, actually. There were some changes, but everybody was generally very happy with it. So those three recommendations, there's three excellent choices right there for you. You can get any one of these for free by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Again, Gone Girl, The Heroes of Olympus, book five, and 
the Maze Runner. Get any one of them for free. Audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. As for this anagram, yeah, yeah. What, what, any ideas? The problem is we don't know much about Newt, but this is certainly an interesting question. Why did he come to New York? So he was only planning to visit for a few hours, but why did he... J.K. Rowling says circumstances ensured that he remained dot 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 for the length of a movie anyway. So, so, so he yeah, will be I, here. I had a kind of, I had a guess. Movie. I kind of had an idea, but then it kind of got foiled. Is I was thinking like, oh, so he only if he only meant to be in New York for a couple hours, I'm thinking like very muggle minded, like oh, it's a layover, right? Like he's <laughs> he's he must be heading to L.A. you know or, or something because he's he's coming from London. But then that was actually destroyed by the fact that it's the Wizarding World, right? And you can probably just take – I mean I assume an extended flu network would take you anywhere in the world. So like New York wouldn't necessarily be a layover kind of place. You could get the, you know, in the same distance or the same amount of time. You could get to New York. You could also get to Georgia and Los Angeles and anywhere else you want to go, I assume. So maybe not that, but – I think it's more on the path of he went – my initial – my gut theory is he went there to go research some beasts. So when the movie opens up, we're going to see him arriving in town, and he's there to investigate some beasts who know which they are. And then obviously that's where it starts getting more foggy. So what are these circumstances? Did he start to realize that a bunch of beasts were there? Did he meet a new character? I don't think it could be a love interest, even though I wrote that in my hypable article. I, I mean, <laughs> what's that? I, it you just seems a little too predictable for, for J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, you're going to have some sort of Fantastic Beast incident in New York oh, City yeah. that's going oh, yeah. to require his attention. It's like like mm. King Kong level. Yeah, like so, King Kong oh. or Godzilla. You know, I, I, we're being a little bit... Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be some sort of inc- incident towards the beginning of the movie to start things off with a bang, and it requires him to hang around longer because he maybe has to get a hold on this beast. Yeah, he's, he's knowledgeable, clearly, like, about... Yeah, many of these uh, beasts, and I think that uh, maybe oh, he's he's the he's Ace Ventura. You know, you know now that you mm. wow wow, but now that you say um, Godzilla, I'm just thinking that this like unknown fanta- this unknown magical creature just is found lurking in the sewers of New York and begins to threaten the whole city. I'm just it, thinking like along those lines. It's it's going to be we, interesting to see the balance between the magical world of New York. We still don't really know if it's New York City, uh, but presumably it is. So the balance think, of the yeah. magical world in New York and then the muggle world, like, is it going to be, you know, how often are we going to see the magic around New York? Versus him in, like, a hidden... Right, yeah. like in a in a Ministry of Magic type place. Versus a public place that we right. recognize. Right. Like, I imagine if, I mean, if they don't have, I'm going to put this out here, I'm going to put the cards on the table, if they don't have a monster, like, ravishing, ravaging through Times Square scene, I'm going to boycott the movie. <laughs> well, remember, Times Square is not the same back then as it as Well, it that's, today. that's, well, the, tw- uh, the 20s, 30s, yeah, okay, I get it, but I do want to say that um, New York, it works on many levels because New York is a cultural hub even like back then, New York was a huge cultural hub, and it's where everybody landed who immigrated um, from anywhere across the Atlantic as well. And so it makes sense that there would be a wizarding presence there no matter what. Like that's just – that's why it works. That's why also I assume it's the city that she's talking about. 
yeah. The other thing that kind of came to mind from uh, from a historical standpoint, you know, you obviously have um, we know that it takes place right in the 1920s. Is that yep. what we're? Yep. Uh, we were told, and you know, the the First World War comes to an end not too long before that. So, like, I think around 1918, and then mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the 20s, of course, you have the Great Depression. So, I wonder. Does that at all play into why he has to stay in New York? Does something happen? Um, like the that, stock market tied. crash is really just a giant dinosaur type creature <laughs> like crashing into the Wall Street Yeah, building. a giant dragon just you – know, <laughs> Gringotts it's however fun. many years earlier. It's fun so. to speculate. But, so, you know, I think you could. It could be – you could have the tie-in of, of real-life events that are going on because certainly there were um, parallels that we drew uh, – with Voldemort and his rise to power. Well, J.K. Rowling likes to do that. She likes to have this hidden magical world and then show how when things get out of hand, it it manifests itself. It shows up. Like even muggles who don't usually notice nothing, do they, are seeing this stuff happening. So I I think there will definitely be, I want to say like a profound like stock market crashing type reaction that was secretly caused by magical means that we're going to learn. Like... Because that's just that's just DK Rowling. That's what she does. So I, I like to think. So then, uh, and I mean, this other tweet that I read, circumstances ensured that he remained for the length length of a movie. Anyway, the reason I want to bring that up is because J.K. Rowling, of course, is uh, well. Warner Brothers is hoping to make a trilogy out of this. So, mm-hmm. for the length of of a movie, she says, does that mean he's going to be going elsewhere by the end? Of the movie, he's going to be heading out of New York, uh, and then I started thinking, well, could he be in a different area with every all three films? So this one's in New York, one of them's in England, and then a third one somewhere else. Because didn't we know about Newt that like he travels the world to learn about creatures? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the new bio is still very like anything she writes in the film is like she I feel like she doesn't have a lot that she needs to worry about conflicting because there isn't all that much about Newt. But what there is about Newt we did already read uh on a former Muggle cast. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that whatever I mean it really works out because wherever he was headed at the beginning of the film where he got delayed, he can just head there wherever that is at the end of the film. Right. So I'm looking at the uh Harry Potter wikia again and it says uh uh he so he got the opportunity to write this book he jumped at the chance for extra money and the opportunity to spend his summers traveling the world. So he apparently was doing this every summer, going traveling the world. and So maybe that'll right. work in somehow. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think it's likely that um, the two following films will be set. I mean, they'll, they're obviously, I think they'll center around him. I think that's safe oh, yeah. to say. And they may be... Um, in a in a different time, then maybe five or ten years later, maybe. But at that point, I mean, because she just gets to explore, because it has to be during his lifespan, during his ordinary you know lifespan. So, but she could do like the '60s in Britain, which is very like Austin Powersy, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a thing later, mm-hmm. you know, at some point if she wanted to with a future film. Right. At which point you could start pulling in characters that we know. Right. And have come um, to know in the Potter series, at least the like older for, ones. For how unfamiliar with the character we are of Newt and the characters 
you know, that will obviously be supporting Newt on his journey. I'm just so excited by this premise, right? Wizard in 1920s New York. Um, Wizard beast hunter, you know, like in New York in the 20s. It just sounds ridiculously awesome. And and now, Andrew, one of the um, notes that you had here was that it's been – has it been a year since we found out about Fantastic Beasts? Yes, it's been it's been a year. Um, uh, September 2013 is when we first found out about this news. So it's kind of like I feel like we still don't know a whole lot about it. I feel like this is the biggest thing that we've had since the initial. Well, yeah, I guess official information. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I mean, we're gonna get to the David Yates story in a moment. Oh but, right, right, right. And, and the release date. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is certainly I, – I was kind of hoping that once people solved this riddle, then Warner Brothers or J.K. Rowling would have published the entire synopsis Ooh. that she's referring to. That would have been cool. Maybe uh, they'll do that once they confirm David Yates or something like that. And especially if she's tweaking the script, it's in pretty good standing. You know, it's yeah. in like a pretty good place. yeah. So hopefully within the next month or two. See, it, all these tweets were also funny to me because it's like she did this to tide fans over while she was finishing the script. But then but, immediately got stuck. Right. <laughs> but now she got tied up with this riddle. I mean, again, Twitter doesn't take too much time. And hopefully she spent a lot of the day working on it anyway. But it was just pretty funny to me that. I think the plan was for her to be away for a while, and yeah. then it blew up the internet. Well, she calls anagrams her spiritual home. She she hashtagged, mm. um, thank you, thank you for being the kind of people who get excited about an anagram, hashtag my spiritual home. So I, I think she left that conversation in, in very high spirits with, you know, regarding Twitter and, and, and the people that she uh, interacted with during this whole mm. thing. So, yeah, like, she just kind of was, had this moment where she was overcome with her old self you know like her yeah. old toy with the fans kind of see what kind of a rise she could get i mean i'm sure she isn't even i mean i, I want to say i'm sure but i figured she she wouldn't even need to read like the e online magazine like recap of what happened but i i think that i mean she I'm was you brought that up though for a second and, and i know andrew talked about it a little bit before but uh it's just such bad reporting on on the part of these um oh supposed reputable so news bad. outlets like so to go back bad. and see just how wrong like how not even no, no, like no. just the headlines that they've had in the last are? 24 hours because they they sold it as a a new harry potter book a lot of them did and i mean they really should know at this point that she is not and has has stated many times has no plans to write another harry potter book i mean this and she even stated as much that this was about the movie yeah, so, they they do it for clicks, unfortunately. Oh, and oh it's yeah, kind no, of absolutely. I, I, like once or twice, I can see okay, but they did this earlier this year with um, with that new uh, uh, short story in the voice of Rita From Skeeter. Pottermore. Right, everybody was like, "More Harry Potter! Oh my gosh, it's a new Harry Potter story!" And then and it they, wasn't right, and then they I did mean, it again it with that Celestia were that that singer in the Wizarding Girl. Celestina Warbeck. Right. Yes, thank you, thank you. Well, um, so on the tip of my tongue. Here's a here's a tweet from JKR. An example of something it doesn't say. <laughs> She's talking about the anagram. I brung big Harry. You glad me go work now? No speak. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. That I was kind like of a that's snipe. Kind of saying, yeah, it's not yeah. about Harry, but she did also like give the hints, like she. Well, that led, came but... after all the media headlines came out, and I thought she was yeah. sniping at all of those yeah. who were 
because that did get everywhere. <laughs> so, anything else to say about this before we move on to some other stories? Um, I, I mean, just that just that I'm excited. I can't wait for every announcement. Uh, but yeah. really, just this was this was a this was a moment, guys. And and if you don't have Twitter, if you don't follow J.K. Rowling on Twitter, two eyes. Uh, Now's the time, Micah. Now's the time. Talking I mean, about you. This this I'm was a able moment. Able to you take should, part in the fun. You should. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and you just realize that this happened today and like the last two days, last three days. And, uh, it was amazing. And I feel like she's back, baby. She's back, baby. I made a deal with her though. I, f- I would follow her if she answered my question and she What's still has question? my question. I wanted to know if there was ever <laughs> a student that transferred houses. Oh well, you got to do it again. She she has to. See, you got to start sending it to her twice. like every other day. He did <laughs> ask twice. Day. Yeah, but he you, you got to just keep firing it off. You well, know, now these people. She's so she's so adamant about it, and she even did mention, and I'm sure it was probably thrown out there prior, but I had no idea that uh, Newt's commander was a Hufflepuff, and she included that in one of her tweets today when uh, talking about if he would run from something, and mm-hmm. she said. Uh, something to the effect I'm paraphrasing, but uh, no, he's a he's a Hufflepuff with a lot of courage. Yeah, a lot of guts. I think she said. Guts, I did yeah. know he was a Hufflepuff, but bless her for for saying something nice about Hufflepuffs. But, uh, I'm gonna add that to the book. I think she did a great job. You know, even from the the tweet that you just read, uh, Eric, that when she was sort of making light of the the answers that some people were coming up with, she was yeah. throwing out some factoids. She was really having fun with it, and I think that that's. It's great. I mean, it's great to see that you know you said that she's back, and maybe she is. Maybe she's this back. is this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's back. Maybe this no. is the start of her um, being a little bit more fear. interactive with the community. She she's been replying to people more the last you know few weeks, maybe a couple months, and now today, the last two days, uh, she's really been interacting with people, and and hopefully we get more of those moments moving forward. Yeah. Or it scared her away, and we're never hearing from her again. No, right? I don't think she scares <laughs> yeah. easily. No, I don't think so either. I think you're right. Uh, so on the MuggleCast Facebook, I just posted a uh, status a little bit ago saying, what do you think Newt's commander only meant to stay in New York for a few hours? What does it mean? What's the second part of that sentence? Uh, why, did he have, why does he have to stay in New York longer? Uh, Megan said he starts telling his kids the story of how he met their mother. It takes them longer than expected. That I believe is a reference to the CBS comedy. Uh, Anne said a hippogriff ate his plane ticket home. That could be feasible. It's the 1920s. It's probably easy to lose your ticket. No ticket. It's not on your phone anymore. Uh, Carrie says uh, he discovers the labyrinth of underground tunnels, sewer system, and the creatures making it their home. See, ooh, I've seen ooh. this a couple times. I think it's too close to the Basilisk thing in Chamber of Secrets. Ooh, maybe, but the, the cool thing, Andrew, and I'm sure Micah can back this up, there are unused stations from like the early, mm. b- when they were building the subways. There are entire subway stations that 
Well, it's much like the much like the London tube as well. There are entire stations that were built for per, like and abandoned and like never or like decommissioned or like certain rail lines like just below your normal everyday New York City. There are stations that you can't even get down into unless you're like walking the tracks. Mm-hmm. And like I love the idea that it could be like a lair for a creature. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I I see exactly what you mean about it being kind of too basilisky, but. I'll say we have to see. Like, I like the idea of them using the underground thing because that's a thing. Yeah. Well, it'd be a a great way to hide from muggles, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, if there's so many of us. Yeah. Here's a couple good ones. Um, Ben says, I think it is likely he unearthed some plot involving the oppression of magical creatures or magical creatures being used further. Uh, to further the interests of some evildoer. Knowing J.K. Rowling, though, it is probably something much more complicated and clever than either of those. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's I, good, right? I, yeah, I want to say I want to say that I want her to stay away from like a main bad guy in these. I do like, too. I want I want these this trilogy to be more free and more lighthearted, only in the sense that there's not an overarching bad guy. Like, I want it to be yeah. more like. I mean, adventure films can have villains, right? But I'd much prefer that the villain is like a CGI like dragon than well, although that happened with Smog, right? Um, yeah. Well, with, well uh, wouldn't we also yeah. have heard about this villain already in the Harry Potter books too? Yeah, I mean, maybe, no. but like also the books are the books are very closely set in Britain. Like it's very almost yeah, claustrophobically true. Britain. And if this is an American villain, maybe we never heard right. about it. But if he's only, her. but if he's only in New York for a year, I yeah. I, I mean, I really like the um, the point that was brought up by. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, Carrie with the underground systems. Yeah, um, you know, because sort of the whole subway system was started in the early 1900s, and you know, by by about this time, it should be pretty well developed. And you know, as Eric pointed out, there are areas that never really were used or were abandoned and so they, that could make for some really uh cool settings and uh you know sort of teenage mutant ninja turtle-esque in a way i guess <laughs> well um also i think the latest spider-man movie had something to do with an old abandoned new york city subway station yeah with the, the teddy roosevelt's one. um station urge train but the other thing I wanted to say is that this is um, 1920s New York is 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 post Industrial Revolution, but it's closer to the time period. If like Hogwarts, you get to Hogwarts by a steam train, and um, steam powered locomotive steam power came about um, mid to late uh, 19th century, the 1800s, and I feel like um, the whole Wizarding World is kind of arrested. At that point where there were like steam train is like the most advanced technological thing that you'll find in the wizarding world. And I want to kind of find out why or I want to kind of find out because like I guess it would still in the 1920s it would still feel new. Whereas in the 2000s when Harry Potter is set it's old like Mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that something happened, maybe not at like a cataclysmic event or anything, but the Industrial Revolution affected both the wizarding and muggle world, and the wizards adopted what the muggles did. But being set in the 20s, this new film, it would have been closer to when that actually happened, and maybe we'll just like learn some really interesting stuff about how the two sides interacted with in regards to technology. Mm. 
One more Facebook comment here. Um, Asia said uh, he was sent on assignment for the ministry but ended up staying because of the unconventional way magical creatures were being treated in the American magic world. I like that idea, too, because kind of like a spew situation. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. We have really good um, ideas. Look, guys, we're speculating again about future J.K. Rowling oh, plots. Geez. Who thought that would have ever happened? <laughs> um, so, well, okay, at least there's an, a chance that the uh, Antipode and Opali can make it into one of these three oh, movies. Oh, please, Joe, please put the Antipode and Opali for us. Please put that in one of your novels uh, or one of your movies. So, a little other Fantastic Beast news now. Um, it's been reported by Variety that David Yates is actually going to be the one directing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He, of course, directed Order of the Phoenix through Deathly Hallows Part 2, so he handled half of the eight Harry Potter movies. Um, this hasn't been made official yet, but it was, re- it was reported in August, August 21st, and apparently they've been in talks with him since May. That's what the guy who broke the story said on a podcast that I listened to recently. Uh, so this has been actually happening behind the scenes for a while. I don't know what's taking so long. Maybe Yates is still like figuring out if he has the patience to do this. Uh, well, it's his current film, right? Because you you pointed out on I yes. think it was the last Muggle Cats that he's at Leavesden, yeah, um, currently shooting Tarzan, right? So he's at Leavesden's where they filmed all eight Harry Potter movies. I think I jokingly said. You know, maybe Yates will be stopping by the production offices if they're at Leavesden to, uh, you know, consult on some Wizarding World things. Because I'm sure Stuart uh-huh. Craig is going to be there, the, the set designer. So I, I, what was your guys' initial reaction to this? It it was very split for multiple reasons. I mean, some people, you know, didn't love any of his movies. Some people loved a couple. I personally did not think Order of the Phoenix was a good start for him. Uh, I didn't did not like Order of the Phoenix. Favorite book, least favorite movie, and I just did not like the direction in that movie. So, I what were you guys' reaction to Yates? Micah being up. Uh, well, I, I can't remember where I had this discussion before, but you know, having sat down across the table from him and, and interviewed for him for this podcast, have <laughs> you a, have to uh, say nice things. <laughs> I have to uh, have a sense of loyalty to the man. Uh, who reminds me of like Linus from the Charlie Brown? Uh, <laughs> oh, does. that's that's a hundred percent. Honestly, that's a hundred percent accurate. Like he is the most gracious, gentle soul. And he and then there's a little bit of similarity, um, just like in appearance between the two. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I compare anyway. him to Winnie the Pooh because he's soft spoken <laughs> and you know a little pudgy. So, uh, <laughs> so you're. Uh, I, so I personally like didn't have any issue, you know, with Order of the Phoenix through Deathly Hallows Part Two, at least in you know, from an overall standpoint. Sure, um, there are plenty of podcasts out there um, that we've done where we've talked about the little things here and there, um, but you know, certainly not on the same level that I disliked Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, and we can go on and on about that. But well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. But, oh, sorry. Re- but, yeah, yeah, no, I, I will just say, I, I mean, people are going to say that they want sort of this new and fresh feel to everything and that, you know, when you bring in somebody who's already worked on uh, half of the series, it's hard to really get that new feel because, you know, as much as you want to keep 
the the magical world and you want to keep that feeling that you get every time that you see Hogwarts show up on the screen, uh, you also are, are going into a different type of film um, with a character that we know very little about. But I right. will say for as much as people want to jump on you know, bringing back David Yates, David Heyman is being brought back as well and he's been there for all eight films. So it's really right. unfair to you know, get on the case of somebody like Yates when really Heyman has had a much larger role yeah, in, in the production <laughs> of all of these films. No, he's been there from Remember day one. Also sp- no, he's the shepherd. You know, I like to think of David Heyman as the shepherd. But you understand uh, what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, I, I get it. The director well, is always going to. Certain people would have would take comfort, Micah, in knowing that David Yates one of them. worked on four of I'm them. I'm one of them. And, 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 and the later four Harry Potter films are some of my favorite Harry Potter films-ish, you know. But I, I think that um, what I want to say, and this is not against David Yates because I love the guy. And I think he's very – I love what he did – uh, technical wise, I love some of the I love the montages and and sorry I just do in Order of the Phoenix and I love certain camera angles and certain things that he did with the later series. But World Builder is not as much a description I would give to him as a director as I would Alfonso Cuarón. And I don't like Prisoner of Azkaban. Everybody knows that about me as a movie. But Alfonso Cuarón, I think, would be was would still be. My first choice of previous of former Potter directors to direct Fantastic Beasts the movie because he has that it just translates really well. He has that capability of of, of really expanding and, and defining an entire yeah. world. But if you're talking world builder, aren't you talking Chris Columbus? Because yeah, exactly. That's what I was. Well, saying. Is it Chris and, Columbus or is it and was that Stuart, Stuart Craig. Craig? Was that Stuart Craig? Was it the art department that had? Because I, I I really want to weigh. Chris well, Columbus well, there's strength. a good chance that a lot of these people are going to be back. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. you're talking about somebody like Stuart Craig, and and really, oh, well, why couldn't they just co-direct? I mean, have Chris Columbus and <laughs> Alfonso Cuarón, and uh, and even Steve Clovis bring Steve Clovis back. Oh wait, it's not set in Britain, so I don't know about and that. And bring Mike Newell as well. Into so it. like, and bring Mike Chris Newell Columbus Newell. will be yelling in the background, "Don't forget the world building!" Every ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just think you know, because I feel like everybody should be back on this. I mean, I feel like there should be well, cameos. Well, hold on, this isn't fair. Wait a second. Okay. So this Andrew's is gonna step I, in. I wrote I wrote what they call a think piece the the day after this uh, the this okay. David Yates story broke by adding David Yates they are now too big to fail because they are bringing everybody back as many people as you could conceivably imagine coming back for this maybe you in have, the crew you, but not in the cast right well but you don't want the cast you got Yates director no, you don't for want the cast oh yeah. right okay so you got Yates you have J.K. Rowling writing the screenplay we always have to keep that in mind we've got Heyman that's three huge names and like we keep saying probably Stuart Craig is going to be involved too presumably the product uh the costume designer I mean how many more people do you need oh I said Steve Cloves before I did mean Mike Newell um Steve Cloves adapted <laughs> so they you want all the directors to come back they and won't direct. need they well, won't JK need... Rowling is basically doing Steve Cloves yeah well they, they won't need the, they won't need Steve Cloves just because there's not a book to adapt there's she's writing the screenplay like she's right. saving she cut out his job so, sorry Steve you're laid off but here's here's what I'll yeah. say though with um, with J.K. Rowling, though, the, the, if you're in her shoes, right, you're writing something that is about the world that you entrusted to David Heyman. And David Heyman took it and created really this this eight-part series and 
along with, you know, Stuart Craig and all the directors. There's probably something to be said, of course, for that familiarity and knowing that you can give this to those people and that they can make something very, very good with it. And I could also play devil's advocate and say this is going to do well anyway because it's Potter. But there's something to be said for that group of people because they took her story and on screen made it into the success that it is. Yeah. Um, and and another thing to keep in mind is with since we don't have a book to base the movie on, you're not going to be making these book to film comparisons. So, right. I think that's also going to improve everyone's feelings about this film when they walk out of the theater. If you're not sitting there being like, "Oh, they didn't leave in that scene. They forgot yeah. this scene." Th- and this to a certain extent, short. that's always like without fail that unfortunately is just yeah. always on our mind with with the read the books with all like, book to film adaptations yeah 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 Truly. um but now it'll be more freeing and you know what i'm sure that'll be a relief for the director whoever ends up directing this for sure yeah it'll be it'll be even more because it's like there's no there's no um i wanted to say there's there used to be three steps right it's like jkr writes the book somebody adapts it usually steve close except that one time and then somebody else uh has to direct from right. the adaptation but right. now because J.K.R. is writing it, and I'm sure she's going to give like the best direction anyway in the screenplay. I'm sure she's going to write the screenplay like a book. Yeah. Um, it also you know, makes me wonder. I wonder if she's going to be on set a lot. Because uh, she I wasn't want... really on set with the Harry Potter films. Yeah. On, so. I mean, well, I think she'll totally visit. But like um, because like even the writer, like their job is done once the script is done, you know. Like yeah. producers, you imagine having to be there like nearly every day. Directors, absolutely. Cast, absolutely. But the writer, like screenwriter, maybe not. But I'd like to think that she is going to be there every day. I feel like but. she will be interested in being there more often since since they got to make sure they get this right. Right, because I feel like before, too, the adaptation, right, it was out of her hands. Like she had written the books years before the films went into production. And then the films went into production. It was just like, okay, here's the – and she approved the screenplay and this, that, the other thing. But like there wasn't enough – there wasn't more she could do. Now if there's like a question with the script or whatever that comes up during filming, they can just like Skype her or like right. call her up or right. something like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be talking to her a lot. So yeah, I mean th- as for the fandom, I think I did a poll. I, I need to find it. But I think more people were – interested in david yates doing it than not most people were happy about it let's see if i can I, I, I like his movies i really do i um yeah yeah because i am one of the people who doesn't like book five all that much but i like movie five mm-hmm. and i like i like the whole second half of the, the film series so. yeah well and i'm i'm excited for this as well i I don't think he personally will be responsible for any particularly major problems because we aren't comparing it to a book. J.K. Rowling is writing the screenplay. All these right. people are coming back. So I just found the poll. Um, 50% said yes, they uh, like that David Yates is directing. 27% said no, and 22% said undecided. And rightfully so. I mean, we don't know much about this yet. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, David Yates strikes me as a director who can take something and run with it, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, he, he makes it his own. That's not to say he doesn't make it, he, does, he does make it his own, but it's, you know, enjoyable, but it's very, like, straightforward almost, you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm, tr- like, I'm trying to think of, like, a f- if, if, the, the, if any of his Harry Potter films were particularly, like, 
contemplative. Like everything, that part in part comes from them all being adaptations too, right? And they're all just like, one thing has to happen after another because they're covering a whole year of history in a two-hour film. But like, I don't know. I feel like in terms of like cerebral, I would probably go to, after seeing Gravity, I would just go straight to Cron for it. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgive him partially for Prison Mask Ben. So but, uh, as we alluded yeah. to earlier, let's move on from Yates now. Um, mm-hmm. We knew that this was the, the uh, a New York Times report several months ago said that this was going to be a planned trilogy. That was the first time we heard it was going to be a trilogy. And then on August 6th, just a few days after we recorded the most recent Muggle cast, we, uh, Warner Brothers announced a slew of mystery release dates, and the majority of them were for quote-unquote untitled DC films, referring to things like Batman and Wonder Woman and all these types of things. But then on November 16th, 2018, and November 20, 2020, <laughs> there were two quote-unquote untitled WB event films. Now, a couple people, myself included, immediately... Jumped jump to the conclusion that these are Fantastic Beasts 2 and 3 because this is the same day of the year that Fantastic Beasts number 1 comes out. That's November 18th, 2016. So these movies are apparently going to be spaced out two years apart from one another. Huh. Which but like is, be, on, hmm? be on the same weekend? Yeah, same weekend. You know, it's that pre-thanksgiving yeah it's, it's the golden spot so like yeah. even even if a movie's on its way out it makes it into the new year yeah and i mean <clears throat> this is a big date in in cinema um the first two harry potter were there i believe another one was there um the twilight movies were there hunger games are there now um so that, like, that's a big i think day. goblet of fire was there wasn't it? that's when we all got okay. yeah together. yeah that's and then the, the rest first were live summer. muggle cast it's like week um 47 is it of the year 47 or 52 that sounds right to me um yeah so, it's like that uh it's that same weekend for, it, for it, every it's kind of interesting to me because we know with the hobbit right now warner brothers is releasing them every year for some reason they want to uh place these two years apart from one another um, I don't know if there's anything to be said for that, but I think it depends how they approach it. If they're gonna, the Hobbit obviously was all shot at once, right? And then they just yeah, except for made when the they, three movies. Yeah, they had to go back and film a bunch of stuff when they added the third. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I guess that's expected, but uh, see, I would think from a production standpoint, they would want to film them all back to back. That's one of the reasons they split Deathly Hallows into two movies because they filmed it all at once. But it would kind of be a delay, right? It would get them. I mean, because JKR, because this is new stuff. It's not. I mean, not to say it's not an. It's not an adaptation. Yeah. We know that, but but because it's all new stuff, it would delay the front end of the project. Because like JKR, whoever would have to write the follow up scripts, right? So like JK first, Rowling needs more time, which makes sense considering she's also writing other books, especially yeah. if she's going to write the second and third movie. But then yeah. also, there's. I mean, I think no matter what, the production is going to, or post production. Uh, right, yeah, the CGI and everything that they have to add in is going to take a long time because I want these films to be. Oh wait, um, I was gonna I was gonna say effects heavy, but then didn't they say they were using a lot of animatronics and practical effects during the the filming for this? I think you're confusing that with Star Wars. <laughs> wow, it's possible. Yeah, it's, you know what? I'm sure so you, I'm sure you're right. Wow, I am. Okay, <laughs> well, I want that. You know what? Where do you guys stand on that? Let's ask you that. Do you think that the new Fantastic Beasts should rely? Uh, 
on practical effects, which tend to stand the test of time better, think Jurassic Park, or CG <laughs> effects, which also work when done well. Well, whatever um, they did with Harry Potter, just do that again. Because <laughs> I, I, I thought they looked great in Harry Potter, all the Harry Potter movies. You know what? That was mostly animatronics, though. Buckbeak. Well, then there um, you go. Yeah, right. Everything and, uh, except Grop, I think, was Grop was CG motion capture, and uh, the giants at the end were like CG motion the capture. dragon probably was CG. Uh, no, that's a real dragon, actually. Oh. Which oh, dragon? That's good. That's great. They hired him. The not Antipodean. Well, I mean... You have I think it's a Goblet mix. of Fire, and then you had uh, Deathly the Hallows, Hallows Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll know that they're using animatronics if they take the one off top of the, the off the top of the diagonally expansion. It's like missing <laughs> oh, for a few months. We're like, where'd it go? They're like, oh, it's just away for repairs. Don't worry oh, it about escaped. it. Trip. It escaped. No, they would say something. <laughs> it's funny, on vacation right? would, in London. They would say like it, it's Union Break or something. That's what yeah. They would say. Then when it comes back, its head is like so, moving and it can flap its wings. We're like, oh wow, okay, that was a cool break for okay, it. Okay, yeah. With uh, with two years though, uh, one of the things that came to mind though also is, you know, how well the first one does. I mean, th- they could certainly play around with the release date a little bit if th- that first movie has a success that it it anticipates. But if it doesn't do well, you know, maybe they're spaced out so that they can cancel them if, if or like if true they cancel. need to look do you think under any in any, do you think there's any universe like in the theory of infinite universes do you think that there's one where harry potter like a harry potter follow-up film doesn't succeed no well i mean no words positioned right now no because again yates Heyman, jk rowling i think in that oh and it's a proven weekend right i mean it's <laughs> right when, when four out of the eight harry potter films from, and, or like and, five out of the eight i think and things like jk rowling's anagram prove how alive the fandom can still be if if she um you know it throws through some uh fire on the flames there's some what what am i trying to say throw some gas on the flames something like that yeah ignites the spark yeah the... something like that yeah so so yeah i think i think it's definitely gonna end up being three films warner brothers of course really wants this to be three movies so they're gonna do everything in their power to make sure it happens which is why i still want jk rowling to write a little mini book free ebook that introduces us uh, introduces us to newt it'll get everybody talking the media will be like oh my god new harry potter book even though it's not but that's okay because people will be talking about it <laughs> well and we were thinking about we were talking about earlier about how it's been a year and what do we know what don't we know i mean thinking about what we still don't know um you know we don't know the director for sure, that's true. Um, but also any casting announcements. You know, we mm-hmm. we still have so far to go um, in terms of Fantastic Beasts. In terms of the first film, even even though we like to look ahead at the, the later films, you know, I want to know who's going to be playing Newt Scamander. Um, I want to know how that first movie is going to turn out. Quite a bit. Here are the four things we know for sure. Here are the five things we know for sure. I just realized I misnumbered this. <laughs> David Heyman is returning to produce. David Yates is returning to direct. Uh, we're assuming that's correct. Number three, it will be released November 18th, 2016. Number four, Warner Brothers is playing a trilogy. And then number five, we learned during the initial announcement, is that there's a planned theme park attraction of some sort. And Warner Brothers is, of course, going to be going all out to... Uh, you know, uh, create merchandise. To so, realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Six is that it'll be set in New York. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> and now seven is um, her little synopsis thing today. Yeah. So um, that's what we know. A little other story not related to Fantastic Beasts. Uh, again, J.K. Rowling on Twitter, dropping all the exciting info on Twitter these days. You know, we didn't know her Patronus, what her Patronus was, which, which blows my mind. I would have thought we learned about this a while ago. Yeah, you know what? It feels like that question could have been out there since book three, right? Since yeah. like 99, people should have been asking. Because I feel like people, I feel like you're right. That that question or, should have been answered. Or maybe already. Pottermore's book three. Throw it in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> New from J.K. Rowling. My well, there's, Patronus. Yeah. You know, the Patronus thing, though, with Pottermore, and I do want to bring this up, is apparently there will be a test about yes. what your Patronus is. And that's another the- thing J.K. Rowling revealed. So yeah. so on Twitter, she said, uh, or somebody asked her, what is your Patronus? Now, all see, th- this person, Micah, wrote the question in all caps. Have you done yeah. that? Maybe that's what you got to do to get your question answered. She only answers questions with caps. I got it. All right. No, it's no. It's if you ask your question in caps. It's, yeah. Oh, she might. The, the person yeah, who asked the question. Proven t- it's tried and tested this one yeah. time from Accio Wand Spells. But on then Twitter. not only that, this person wrote, thank you. You help us every day. We are Potterheads until the end. So you have to write the question in all caps and then write a really nice message. Kiss her ass. Yeah, kiss her ass. Exactly. I don't know because all of that ass kissing. Whoa, I can't believe we just said that about a fellow fan. <laughs> um, all of that additional lettering really only got – it was a, she, she responded. She was kind of short in her response though, right? She she's, said, like, she's like, she doesn't really want to answer it. She's like, it's a Pine Martin. So then you have to go and Google this Pine Martin because you're like, what the heck is yeah, a, pine a Pine Martin? It's an adorable yeah. little cat-looking <laughs> thing. It's in the same family as minks, otters, which of course Hermione's Patronus, badgers, reference to Hufflepuff, wolverines, and weasels. So, Oh. Actually, it's quite a menace in the UK and Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Uh, oh, wait. No, no, no. It's not a menace. It's a savior, right? Because I'm looking at the wordplay that it used in this hyperbole article. Um, the invasive gray squirrel. So, the invasive, so the, the gray squirrel was a menace in UK and Ireland. And the uh, Pine Martin got rid of the gray squirrel mm. uh, or helped to get rid of. So it's actually it's like a Robin Hood of like a, or like a gallant knight coming to the rescue of you do you think she just said to herself let me come up with the most obscure animal no you know what i think although that would get people to read right isn't that jk rowling's thing um well i I guarantee you and i think i I tweeted this at the time uh, no i i guarantee you with the exception of the people who live in the uk where this animal is popular nobody had any clue what this thing was. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, but there are regional animals. They just are. I mean, we know what dingoes are and kangaroos because they're fairly like world. Because we live. No. <laughs> no. But but I'm saying like voles. Like, have you ever heard of a vole? Because I've heard of a vole. I've heard Is of it. Is it I mean, it's it's like a it's like a it's like an underground dwelling creature. It lives in burrows, but like that's a strictly like I feel like we all grew up on the Northeast, guys. So I feel like that's why we know what that is, and I feel like it's a very geographically. Anyway, my point is like I feel like from the second that she invented the rules of a Patronus, like in book when she was planning for book three or even sooner, you know, in the cafe on a napkin, she knew what her own would be. It's just that for some reason. Years later, like throughout the years, and that somehow never came up. 
Yeah, it is. It is weird, but I like Micah's question too. Now I'm thinking about that. It's kind of I. I don't think you've read Divergent, but it kind of reminds me of Divergent when they switch factions. Oh yeah, well you know he's got a great question. We retweeted from like everybody we know, re- like even MuggleCast, MuggleNet. Everybody retweeted like his thing, and it's still in right, again. You want me to do this again tomorrow? No. And- yes, and I'll do <laughs> it too this time. All We're gonna caps. go crazy. We're gonna so go you'll crazy. retweet me. Is that what you're saying? Uh. Yeah, sure, whatever. Or <laughs> well, I'll write it on the MuggleCast account. That's what I meant. Write it on the oh, MuggleCast okay. account. Yeah. And every day. Oh, <laughs> every, every day. day. We'll tweet Here we it. Go. Oh, God. Let's not anger her. With okay? a, She's still got a ways to go. With a new nice I, I comment. Somebody replied to me saying um, probably not because it would somehow delegitimatize the, the sorting hat, but... Mm. Yeah, if you go I, against the sorting hat, you're kind of a you're kind of a butt. I, I can't imagine in all the years that the, uh, the that the school was around that somebody did not well, uh, in Micah, fact let's, change let's, houses. Let's settle this once and for all. I feel like isn't the answer already in the books, right, or on Pottermore? Because you can be a hat stall. Okay, we know that from Pottermore. Um, there are characters who were hat stalls who like. But then also the sorting hat takes your choice into consideration. So doesn't it make sense that maybe they don't transfer houses, but you do absolutely have a say in the house you go into? Isn't that like the same thing? Mm-hmm. Like no, if the, if because, the sorting hat I mean, came to you, you grow said, older, like, you mm-hmm. could change. So you're certainly. like, this isn't working out for me. It's been like two years, and I still feel like I'd I be better I feel like suited. I'm a Hufflepuff. Right, but right, or or like that makes somebody sense. says. I think it's an interesting question. Yo, Seamus is really bullying me. I can't live here anymore. I need to go be in Ravenclaw. You know what? Though, ah, well, see, that's a human resources issue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, also though, guys, I do want to say this: the classes, right? They did have classes with other houses. Yeah. Like so, right. I mean, they had potions with the Slytherins, which is terrible. But they had um, herbology with the Hufflepuffs. I feel like that in that way, you would have friends in other houses. Like I don't know, we see them as divided because Harry tends to stick to his own house until Luna and maybe like some others in, in year five or whatever. But I feel like you do interact with people at, you know, of other houses, so there's no reason to transfer like mm-hmm. normally, kind of in a way. I'm just saying, if she never replies to you, Micah, I want that to be like the answer. I mean, I could keep coming <laughs> up with questions, though. I could say, has anybody ever transferred schools? Well, here's what we d- here it was has start there been thinking a them up. Exchange program. Start thinking them up because you know she's going to be doing interviews like absolutely crazy come Fantastic Beasts movie time. But it, she needs to come. There on are going to be a bazillion interviews. Yeah, for, for MuggleCast 275, we will have J.K. Rowling on our show. <laughs> Not enough. No, I, I've given up with that. She had her chance. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, what? Well, one other. You th- tweet that out and have people <laughs> well, retweet it. I'll get flamed for that. No, no, no. The question: If she'll come on the show? So oh, start doing that every day. We want you on. Yeah, yeah, we could. Let's so, go. To uh, to wrap up the show today, we actually have a uh, little exciting announcement about a MuggleCast alum. I guess you could call him Jamie Lawrence. He got engaged. Oh, congratulations! Congratulations Jamie. to Jamie. It's great news. He got engaged to Sophie, his girlfriend of I think about three years. No, 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 two thousand eight. Oh my god, it's been like six years. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I meet I met her at um, the Beetle the Bard event that we did in London oh, yeah. in 2008. Or was that 2007? I feel like it was 08. Well, when yeah, did Beetle the Bard? Wait, no. Beetle the Bard came out in 2007 because I recently looked this really? up. Yeah, I know. Huh. It was published December 20, 2007. Oh, at the very extreme end of the year. Yeah. Which is so weird that Beetle the Bard came out a few months after Deathly Hallows. Yeah, that is weird. That's really weird. So huh. well, I, it had to. I mean, it was in the it was in the book, right? True. Well, it didn't have to, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> well, it did no, have to come out after Deathly Hallows. Because originally, it was just for one person that won the auction, right? She had a hand, but then like she had to write special permission to get it to produce no, into a book. Well, sort of. So she wrote. Yeah. She made seven handwritten copies total. Gave them right. the six very important people in her life. The seventh she auctioned off. Amazon was the winning bidder, and they yes. got permission. They worked with Rowling to publish it, and she. But she did get permission from the six other people who had the handwritten. Okay, books. yeah, I think that's what I remember anyway. Um, but yeah, so like, oh, that's really weird. Well, congratulations to Jamie yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. While <laughs> we, we were you, talking about uh, please invite us to your wedding. Yeah, yeah. What? I want to get congratulations to your sister as well, Andrew. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Micah. What happened to Becca? Uh, she got engaged today. What? Yep, big day in the MuggleCast family, and you guys are all invited. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, Micah, you can come if you want. All right. I mean, I only say that because you're near. Have you, Eric, do you know her fiance? Too. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Okay. He's a big MuggleCast fan. No, I'm what? Kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> It's Go weird hang to think out with I'm Heidi. Gonna... What? At the wedding. You're going to hang out with Heidi, my mom? Yeah, just say hi, what's up? I okay. haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> he's just going to say hi, what's up? It's, it's okay, Andrew. <laughs> I guess he's going to say hi, what's up? Well, I don't have the date yet. I think it's before mom. Fantastic Beast comes out. Oh, okay. Maybe she should do it in the gap. No, Jamie should do it in one of the gap years. November 2017. Between two Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah, I feel like it's not a stretch to plan life events in the in between two Harry Potter tentpole <laughs> events. I feel like that's all bad for us. I would. Yeah. All right. So that's <laughs> it for Bucklecast. Big episode. An hour oh, long. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll continue to do these new episodes as we have some interesting news to discuss. We even got in some theories today no theory is safe that's right and uh what else is there to say well let's plug stuff uh, mike and eric what you got you know just earlier before we sat down to record this episode of mugglecast we recorded our 242nd episode of game of owns um the game of thrones podcast brought to you by watchers on the wall.com it's uh, Micah and myself, our hosts or co-hosts on that podcast, along with Zach Louie, our friend for several years now, big Harry Potter fan, and Kate Welch, uh, who's in the gaming industry in Seattle. And somebody outside my window <laughs> is, is very angry or something. Very big fan of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's our Game of Thrones podcast. We're actually reading the third Game of Thrones book now in the off season between seasons four and five of the TV show. So go cool. check that out. Actually, you know what? I want to plug. Sorry to keep hogging up the airspace here, but I recently became a um, co-producer, co-editor of the Improvised Star Trek podcast, and I want to give Ooh. these guys just the best 
uh, the most credit I possibly can. If you had uh, listener happen to also enjoy Star Trek, um, as I do more recently, uh, Next Generation, Voyager era, um, these guys are the best. And they have a podcast. It's bi-weekly, just like MuggleCast used to be. And um, every two weeks they put out an episode and they source episode titles from uh, their listeners through Facebook, through Twitter, and you just give them an episode title and they create, like they have their own ship's crew and they have experiences and events in space in the 24th century, just like Star Trek. And it's it's all it's it's in jokes. It's a mix of in jokes and satire and improv. It's all improvised on the spot. And then the editor's job, the producer's job, is to go and put in sound effects and music and everything to make it sound and, and feel like an actual Star Trek episode with all the Star Trek stuff. Cool. So I did cool. want to say the imp- it's called the Improvised Star Trek Podcast. Go check it out. It is on iTunes. And uh, the website is improvstartrek.com. Micah, mm. Game of Owns as well? Yeah. I mean, uh, Eric pretty much covered it. I would just say we're at Game of Owns on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then, uh, of course, the website, gameofowns.com. So plenty of ways for you to uh, connect with the show. And then if you want to uh, follow me and hear my uh, – Random using JK and Rowling. He every doesn't day. follow JK Rowling on Twitter. And snarky <laughs> comments to JK Rowling. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm at MJT BAUM, MJT Baum. Um, so, uh, yeah, give me a follow. You never know what you're going to get. You know what's funny, Micah? I call it MJT Baum, but I've never heard you call it that. <laughs> That's what I call it, too. Okay. And I'm over glad, at Hyper. Glad we're all, all in agreement. <laughs> on my Twitter handle. Yeah, that was bothering me. In my By the way, night. you know, Andrew was the one who convinced me to get on Twitter yeah. way, way back in the day. Darn right. And uh, he said, look, you just got to do it. You know, like you I was hesitant it. about it. And uh, he convinced me. And I remember uh, when you first, I don't know how many years ago it was at this point, but um, when you first told me to to join Twitter and uh, I had a BlackBerry back at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I was out for dinner that night or something along, something like that. And my phone just, I, I guess the setting was automatically turned on to let me know when I got a new follower. And I'm uh, sure like you had pushed this out on MuggleCast and MuggleNet, all these other places. And my phone just literally did not stop going off <laughs> for about like, was four or five hours. Crazy. Well, so. uh, and now to this day, you still don't follow JK Rowling. Super weird. You're you going to follow and then he got. Day. What was it? That, what was the catalyst, Micah? Why did you stop following her? You did she it. She like, was on so boring. Show. Oh, yeah. Because right. she really, honestly, I mean, she didn't tweet. She didn't. She just put <laughs> yeah. a couple tweets out there. So he protested there. by unfollowing. I think right. it was my thing. Really quick, my thing is, I'm not a proponent of somebody who goes on Twitter just to say they're on Twitter, but then not do anything with their Twitter account. Right, right, right. Um, so, but now she's she's definitely been more active. So we'll see what happens. Don't follow her until like the next episode. We have to have a big moment. <laughs> All right, and then I'm That's... over at Hypable Twitter.com/slash Hypable Twitter.com/slash Sims. I'm always tweeting about Harry Potter, by the way, because I know that's what people follow me for. So. And then, of course, I also do uh, Hype After Dark, which is my weekly podcast. You can go to HypePodcast.com for that, and that is I've been on that too. a month. Yes, you were on it recently, actually. Ooh. Yeah, we talked about Kevin and Laura. <laughs> Laura, by the way, who's now in New York. Crazy. Yes. How cool is that, right? Half of the old MuggleCast panel. I'm is... happy for her. When are you in New Jersey now, or are you back in L.A.? No, I'm in, I'm in L.A. But okay. next time I go back to New Jersey for the holidays, you know I'm what? hitting up. Back. 
When? When um, are you back? No, I'm, I'll be back in PA, and I'm coming up to New York uh, Christmas a week, like oh. 20th to the 27th. Oh, I smell a meetup. I know. I smell. Well, now that Kevin and Laura are there, too, five, right? All five in one place. Yeah, and wow, I hear Kevin and Laura are paying, so I'm definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of that. One of the two. Never mind. <laughs> I, have, I have an article uh, queued up from Hypable that I'm ready to read as soon as we finish this to the 15 Charmed cameos to surprise and delight you. Oh, yeah. I don't even watch love- that show, and I was shocked. I know. <laughs> well, it's Seriously. written by Karen Rowe, um, and I'm happy to see number two here on the thing is Oded Fair, who I love from The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. So, oh, okay, I'll cool. read this article as soon as as soon as we're done. Awesome, thank you. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening, and again, we'll be back when uh, I don't know Newt's Commander's announced <laughs> or J.K. Oh. Rowling drops the full synopsis. One of those two things, probably. Uh, so we'll see everybody next time for episode. 275 Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.